Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. Here's Lindergaard making Forrest backpedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found him via the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Madden, after just six minutes, gives Yeovil the lead. Stansfield, good turn away from Trot, goal! Hello and welcome to another edition of the Glovers Cast. This is Dave and I've got one of them back, folks. Live and exclusive from somewhere in Somerset, possibly Ilminster, Mr. Benjamin Barrett is with me. How are you, Ben? Are you there? I am there. I think. I hope is the honest answer. We should we should start this podcast by saying that we are up against the technical difficulties that two complete idiots, well, one complete idiot, and you um, have have ahead of us, unfortunately. So there's a chance that this is all going to be completely wasted, and this will never see the light of day, or, or hear the light of day. Can you or hear the, hear light, the of day? light? I have no idea, but yeah, I'm. Uh, you can't see me. But you can hear me, hopefully. Yep. Um, and I'm going to edit this on what can only be described as an audio editing processor from the 1920s. <laughs> and hopefully try and get that live to the masses. And a, if you can imagine it, Ben and I are basically the equivalent of two paper cups with a bit of string in the middle of it. like you were. Might, when, might, yeah. might, that might be a better editing software. Yeah. Just to have different strings attached to paper cups that might be a better solution there you go the best solution we've got is to get ian back from cribs causeway and uh, oh. hopefully he's bought something from curry's pc world there other electrical stores are available <laughs> i hope so too um, i absolutely hope so too we're going to try and talk about some football aren't we because i've seen some football you and have we've seen some football, football yeah and we're going to go and see some football as well which is nice 
We are, yes, so indeed. So when when I left it with um with Foxy and Sheridan, we were all fully buoyed up. We'd had a we'd had a good performance against Wrexham. Um, got a point. Probably should have had more than a point. Um, but yeah, we were all full of the joys of spring, and we were all looking forward to um you know the return of Dale Gorman against Barnet, uh, and we were going to turn him over, going to get our first win on the board, and it was all going to be plain sailing going into Altrincham. So uh, then you turned up at Hewish Park, Ben, and what? happened after that all went tits up then it? <laughs> it all went belly up um what can we say really about that barnet game oh i mean do you well, want to can we start can we start by your final words on bbc somerset um were what are they skullduggery has won the day or something was yeah, what said. Skullduggery prevailed it was not what i would describe as a, a game for the purists the game against barnet it was from a Barnet point of view, I would say that actually, because one of the points I think I really want to get across from that Barnet game was I saw it firsthand for a proper, proper period because at Scunthorpe, we all agree, ropey for an hour and then brilliant last gasp attacking play, literally banging down the door, trying to get that equaliser that unfortunately never came. But what I saw for the vast majority of that game, regardless of scoreline, regardless of um, how we were situated in the performance. The football we were playing was football what I haven't seen at Hewish Park and I don't know how long. And I was trying to think back, we've never played this way under Saab. So then you go back to Football League era and think, well, we dropped out of the Football League playing nothing like this whatsoever. So I genuinely don't know the last time I saw us attempt to play this kind of football, uh, let alone for it to be successful. So for me, that's one of my my big takeaways from that whole that whole performance was, in truth, I have no idea where that football's come from, but I'm really really glad it's there because it is so entertaining to watch. I mean, is there a risk of at this level? Can you play football like that? You need to be, you need the the dark arts. I think if I if I had a pound for every time you said dark arts on the commentary, uh, mostly about Dale Gorman. <clears throat> excuse me, um, then I'd have been a very rich man. Mm. Did we yeah. lack a bit of that? I do you know what? I'm quite happy that... Oh, that's a really tough question and a really good question. The question we'll probably find out over the course of the next few, dare I say, three, four, five games up to sort of that 10, 12 game period where I really don't want us to have to use the dark arts. I really don't want us to have to have that in our side because... It was really entertaining. And I think that the football we will play will put bums on seats. If we can start stringing results together, it will put bums on seats. It's not going to be we're winning by lumping the ball forward, going 1-0 up and defending defending the Alamo. It's not going to be like that. It's when we play well, we're going to rip teams apart. And it's a case of whether or not we convert one or six of those chances. And so I kind of don't want us to. There might need to be a little bit of that, especially when we're up against the very, very best sides in the league. And maybe you could argue we lacked a bit of that against Wrexham. Maybe you could argue we might lack a bit of that against Chesterfield, against Notts County, whoever it may be. Those really top quality, big spending sides who have essentially got League Two players. And we're treating the game a little bit like an FA Cup tie. We need, might have to have a bit of that. But I think there's players in the side that can do a bit of that. I think we've seen enough of that from Matt Worthington, from Josh Taunton, Max Hunt, those types of players that suggest that maybe we've got players that can 
play that character for 90 minutes when the time is suitable. But right now, I don't I don't really want us to do that because I really enjoyed that game. I really enjoyed watching us. Just It was quick. It was so fast. We were left wing back one minute, one, two, three passes, short passes, crisp passes, quick passes, and suddenly it was right wing back. It was going across the midfield. We were putting little triangles together. I was loving seeing Wakefield, one of the midfielders, and then the right-sided centre-half, Morgan Williams. Just put a little triangle on. It might not have actually progressed the game any further, but it was quick. Bish, bash, bosh. You could see them working on it in the training periods. It's simple piggy-in-the-middle stuff is what it is. But we made it work. We made it click. Everything was good until the final touch of the ball to put the ball in the back of the net. And so a long-winded answer to your question is no let's not have that just yet um because i'm i'm really enjoying watching for that 90 minutes and i'd love us to replicate it at altering on saturday i would love us to go and play hargreaves ball again because it's blooming good fun to watch yeah. And Ian said similar, didn't he, about Wrexham, Harkins yeah. and that was yeah where it where it came out. But I just just before we came on, I, I watched the um the highlights from the uh, from the midweek game, and I was uh, obviously knew that there were some good chances in there at the beginning, and and uh, obviously their keeper was you know I don't know what he was on. He must have had something pretty special in his in his water bottle before the um. Uh, before the game, but um, yeah, there was a there was a chance where he, he turned around. And I thought, oh, that must be the really good chance of the game. And then, and then the header came in. I think it was from Linton, wasn't it? And how he kept that one out, uh, it's unbelievable. He 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 moves his entire body. Yeah, it's difficult to to express it really. But if you're a goalkeeper and you are six foot tall, your hands from a standing position are five feet above the ground. Mm. And to get them down to ground level and to flick a ball away into a sort of out of danger position from a guy who's got a free header on the six yard box, you're talking split second reactions, not only to see it work out what's happening, but move your entire body down into position. Some goalkeepers go with their feet. Kasper Schmeichel at the very highest level is the one who does that. He goes with his feet. He'd have kicked that away and it could have gone anywhere. So to get your hands down that quickly is quite frankly ridiculous. And he deserves all the praise for it. I thought he made a really good save from, from record as well. Tip one over the bar. If I'm being super critical, I'd rather have record gone a bit lower maybe. But looking at the highlights, there were defenders diving in. So I understand why he tried to lift it. I thought he stood up very well later on in the first half. Uh, sorry, in, yeah, in the first half it was. Uh, ball was played through to, to Pearson. And Pearson has the, the mindset that he knows someone's going to be sliding in. So he just checks back and tries to stab it in the other way. But the goalkeeper doesn't commit, stays on his feet and manages to get to the ball. He almost outsmarts the outsmarting Sam Pearson. And I thought, I thought he had a fantastic game, the goalkeeper, and absolutely deserved to be on, on a winning side. Mm. What we can say about the other 10 is that they probably didn't. Um, but, but they were on the winning yeah. side. 
<laughs> nevertheless and i guess that's where the question about dark arts and things like that that come from so uh, as i say i was um i was listening to the um to the to the commentary and uh was quite enthused going in at half time listening to you and sheridan there on the um on the on on, on the wireless uh so i was I, I i didn't go back to the 1950s to listen to it i promise you but um i, I was listening you, to it you can borrow my audio editor if you want. <laughs> i was gonna say your your audio editor is probably 10 years out of date by the time the 1950s rolled around isn't it but um yeah um <laughs> so yeah i was I, I was quite enthused but i could sense you getting increasingly frustrated about dale gorman even in in that moment and i thought to myself this is what every team that we played against felt because uh, we used to come out of games last season with people saying oh yeah what a disgusting team they are and and and, and all of that that was it wasn't it that's what we just didn't see because of the green tint on the glasses Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We must have been horrible to play against. Mm. I mean, other supporters must have hated every single darn second of it. Um, and to those, any of them are listening, I'd like to apologise, but I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't mean it, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, so, he was he was Dale Gorman. Yeah. And when you're on the other side of it, you are sitting there thinking he should have been booked mm. three, four, five times maybe. He absolutely should have been sent off. He was taken off for his own his own good measure. The referee did the finger counting of one, two, three, four. He must have done that three, uh, two or three times to say, you're racking them up here, Dale. Um, he eventually got the booking and then he got hoiked because he would have been sent off. He, would, he only had to breathe on someone. Um, but again, I think I think this is where we've we've started to see Hargreaves ball come in. It's not it's not something that we rose to. No. Worthington kept playing the way he was playing. Pearson. I cannot sing that boy's praises enough. I know I've only seen him for 80 minutes in that game and then 20 against Scunny, but my word, what an impression he's making in a short period of time so far. Um, if he's fit, and I know he does have an injury concern, he's got a back problem and he got uh, booted from, well, he got booted all the way to Altrincham, probably from Jewish Park by Dale Gorman, so he might already be in, uh, in the Manchester area. He got booted that far. If he's fit, for me, I think we've got to find a place for him in that team. I really, really do. I'd rather have an hour out of him and then tell, take him off than not have an hour out of him and give him a half hour. Yeah. Um, then if you if you heard Foxy say, but um, uh, when he was on on um, uh, Monday, he was saying that he's just too good for this level. He thinks Foxy. Thinks. Oh yeah, Sam Pearson. Absolutely evident. Absolutely evident. The kid will play in the EFL this season if we can keep him until Christmas and then Bristol City recognise what they've got. Genuinely, I think he's got a chance of a run in their side. That's how good I think he can be. There, there are elements to his game that even at this stage you can see. I thought there was a couple of times when he went through on goal, second half, the, the chance on the highlights where he goes through on goal. And it's it's tame. The effort's tame. And I'm just thinking, because he's overthinking it, do I pass it? How do I shoot? Where do I score? With 150 whatever games behind him and goals and, and sort of been there, done that moment the likes of which he's probably ticking off whilst he's here, he probably just leathers it. Yeah. <laughs> That's the nicest way possible. But in the end, he's probably feeling his hip or his back a little bit. He's looking around thinking, is Linton or Fisher there or someone? Sorry, fish or mouth. Um, is somebody around him? And in the end, I'm just thinking, just hit the thing. Hit the thing, hit the thing, hit the thing. You've got so much time, so much room. And because he almost overthinks it, because he's so inexperienced and young. So those those elements of his game will will come and I imagine those will be the things that are being done when they do the recaps of the game. They'll say, they'll show him and go, 
just go there, mate. You're in all the world. Just go and hit the darn thing. In the end, he kind of doesn't really commit to doing either, and it's a half-hearted attempt. He tries to find a bit of a gap as opposed to just leathering the uh, leathering the spots off the ball. Yeah. Do you, do you um, would it be too soon to say that he's at least got the potential to be another Joshua Norfield? Oh, without question. Yeah. He's different. He's different. He's stronger, uh, stocky. He is. Um, he's going to have his back to go on occasions. He's not going to be purely about running and running and running. He's very clever at finding gaps. I don't think he's actually going to do a lot of travelling with the ball. Um, if that makes sense. I think he'll just be the one that gets into the right areas that then hopefully we can go and find him, to be honest with you. Yeah. So talking about the areas where hopefully players can find other players, tell me about the uh, the two goals that we conceded because I, I just watched them um, forgetting that I had my microphone on whilst you were listening. And uh, yeah, my the noises I made probably summarised what, a lot of the Oval fans were feeling when they saw them live and in person on Tuesday. So the first one for me, it's it's disappointing defending, but it's actually good play from Barnet. And the first time they strung a handful of passes together, got into a good area. It's a good ball across. How does he get that ball across? Oh, he he shouldn't be getting the ball across. No, it is a good ball across, but he shouldn't be getting a ball across. And when it's in there, the attacker just gets there, wants it more than than I think it's Morgan Williams sliding in, and and Morgan Williams will know that. I mean, Crikey. He's still only a, a young lad himself, and we're asking him to be the experienced defender at, at that particular moment. It, it's a disappointing goal, and I'm telling you something: this that goal doesn't even come up in conversation if we are three and up at the time. No. We don't even talk about it here; it's not even a segment because we just go. And then they got one back. Yeah. It's just a normal goal that you're disappointed at. You hope you learn from, and you just move on. If we're three and up because of the first half being absolutely sensational. We don't even mention it. We probably would mention the second one though, because yeah. for me that's the real, that's the real sucker punch, the real yeah. killer. So, 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 tell me about that because um, that the highlights. I, I don't know what's going on with the camera, but there's there's something that seemed a bit on the piss with that uh, that that camera. I I feel slightly drunk watching you over down, um, and and I don't think it's the football. I think it's the the camera is slightly lopsided, or maybe it's my eyes are lopsided. I don't know, but the um. Uh, the, 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 you don't see where Grant Smith is until he's on his backside, um, trying to uh, yeah, or going to pick the ball back out of his net. So, so, so what happened there? It's so the ball's kind of bouncing around on their left hand side. And by the way, if you check out the Barnet highlights, they've got two camera angles. They've got a camera on each side, so right. they can use. Um, if you look at the Barnet uh, YouTube or whatever it may be, they've got they've got a double camera situation, so right. they do capture a bit better. And it's a fairly simple long ball over the top. And my gut instinct says, having very briefly looked back at it, that Max Hunt thinks that Grant's coming for it. And Grant thinks that Max Hunt's going to clear it, but he's already started making a bit of a move. And in the end, Kabamba takes what is nothing more than a split second of hesitancy from the two defenders, Smith and, and Hunt, and and takes advantage. It's a nice finish. Let's like not... say it's a great finish. Yeah, it's yeah, nice yeah. Finish. You can't if you get that wrong, you look stupid. Yeah. So yeah. we've got to give Kabamba a, a bit of credit for the finish. Um, he's clearly high in confidence. He got a goal last week. He obviously got the first there, so he's clearly feeling good. And to be honest with you, it's just poor positioning from Grant Smith. I, I I'm a huge Grant Smith fan. You know that. Anyone that's listened to any of our 
podcast over the last 12 months will know I'm a massive, massive Grant Smith fan. But for me there, he doesn't need to be coming out. Because even if Kabamba were to bring that ball down and Grant Smith is rightfully placed, there's no guarantee that he scores from his shot that comes on. Um, so for me, and Grant will know that, and Phil, the, the keeper coach, will know that, and, and they'll be working on that. And he just needs to either, if he's going to come, go through everything. Go head the thing out, clatter the striker, do whatever you've got to do. If you're going to do it, do it. Or stay at home and hope that your defence bail you out there. In the end, he did neither. I'm I'm a massive Grant Smith fan. I think he's kept us in more games and won us more games and, and pulled out worldly saves time and time again. But unfortunately for me... Unless I'm seeing it wrong, that's a that's a Grant Smith error for being just way out of position. Yeah. So yes or no question. Uh, Ian said the other week that Will Boos will be number one by Christmas. Yes or no? Um, by Christmas, maybe. I know that's not a yes or a no, but it's a maybe. Um, <laughs> Simple yes or no, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, off off the back of what is is Will using for Saturday? No. Right. Because I'm not ready to chuck in a player of. Uh, you know, Will's calibre, albeit, but in terms of experience, into a game now that we're getting to the point where we could do with a win now. So I want my tried and tested. I want the things that have worked for for the last year to be involved. So whether or not he's in by Christmas, maybe. Uh, but for, for Saturday, no. I've completely avoided the question there. And, I'm <laughs> and, and, and I, I love that you asked your own question as well. That's a... That is the journalist in you. Okay, well, let's let's move I, on. I just, to... say, I just say, by the way, I've had some pizza delivered. Have you? To this little office I'm sat in now, right. clearly, clearly the wife's got a late night Domino's in. Right. I like, yeah, I got a ham and ham and pepperoni. I think that went down. Okay, that sounds like some kind of meat feast or something like that, doesn't mm. it? Yeah. Very good. Very good. Okay. Well, oh, it, it, oh, it goes back to um, uh, who was it? Robin Bachelor's questions with regards to Papa John's, wasn't it? Obviously, Ilminster oh. Domino's is the. Um, is the order of the day okay so simple yes or no and i, I got maybe in a like a five minute monologue um so i'm, I'm a bit nervous about asking this question but uh so a, t- a, a two nil uh i think um both you and sheridan were effectively saying well that's that then but it wasn't really was it because we did show um albeit i don't think it's unfair to say a little late um we did show some some fight back and obviously and got another goal. So, what? what uh, let's. Uh, I guess one question is, why did it take us to two 0 down to get there? But what what did happen when we went two 0 down? Nothing changed, right? And that's what I like about Hargreaves' ball trademark um, is that we stuck to our principles. Yeah, we got people further forward and we took some gambles. But when you've got a three five two, and this is something that I've sort of. I'd love to, I'd love to write a big Glover's blog on the pros and cons of three five two, because this is actually where where it helps. Right. When you are chucking players forward, you've suddenly got these two wide guys in in record and Wakefield. Although when Wakefield came off, it became slightly different. Tiora Johnson went on the right, and Lawson Diaz was naturally finding his way out onto the right. But you've got natural width, and that just leads to crosses. Crosses instead of the ball being when you're chasing a game normally. Your centre-half gets the ball and just lumps it. And you just hope someone gets on the end of it. When you've got a 3-5-2, that's not the case because you've always got a wide out there that then leads to a cross. And that's what happened. It's that simple as that. We got the ball out to Lawson Diaz and <laughs> the, man's, the man's a class act. There's no other way of putting it. The man's a class act. 
He found the, the header absolutely perfectly. Nice little flick on. I think the, the front post sort of set it up really nicely for record at the back post. But he was still getting forward. He was still getting involved because of that natural width. He could just go. So we didn't change our principles. We still played football and we kept going playing football. We had set pieces at the end and we had moments and chances to get the equaliser, but it was just too little, too late, really, to be honest with you. Again, it feels like if we were 3-0 up, as we probably should have been, and they get it back to 3-2 by scoring the same two goals, and we then go and score that goal to make it 4-2, we barely give it a mention. Oh, and then we got a fourth at the end record, just tap one home at the back post. It all comes back to that we should have been 3-0 up because actually the stuff we were showing was very, very good, even the goal and including the goal, but it was just what went before it. Right. Hmm. You know, okay. what I mean? you know what I mean by that? Like, I, I know I'm I know I'm a glass half full. I know I'm the super uber positive one who can't see anything bad. And of course, look, we've lost 2-1. We've lost another game. We haven't won a game yet. But I, I was sat there and I hope I hope I, I managed to describe it. And if anyone was listening to me on BBC Somerset, tell me if I, I just I, I was listening. Yeah, did I? I was trying to get across the fact that I couldn't get my head around, or I couldn't quite believe what I was seeing in terms of the football we were playing. Yeah, it's really bloody entertaining. Yeah, Genuinely, so, if you I... want to go watch some good football, get yourself down to Hewish Park because if that's how we're going to play it, get yourself in there, get a bum on a seat because it's going to be fun. And I hope to God we're going to start scoring some to make them in the wins as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I'm going to play a little bit of devil's advocate because, um, yeah. So you say it's good football. It's great to watch. Um, Barnet, it's horrible football. Um, only only the goalkeeper deserved to um, get three points of it. Barnet, after three games, I admit, after three games, top of the National League, Yeovil Town, second from bottom of the National League. Should that matter? Not right now, it doesn't. No. Not right now, it doesn't. Um, and I alluded to it on my uh, conclusions. If we play that way on Saturday against Ultrium, and it's a copy and paste performance, we play them off the park, can't score for Toffee, lose 2-1. We are not in a relegation battle. We are not suddenly going, oh, Christ, we can't win again. Oh, my God, rubbish, awful, horrendous. No, not yet. I like the fact that we have principles. I like the fact that we have footballing principles. This is new for Yeovil and new for Yeovil fans to, to get stuck into. And so for me, no, it doesn't matter yet. Okay. It will start to matter. And, and my, my final line was the same negative voices already making silly comments. Are you talking about me there? <laughs> Are you, have you made any silly comments? Have you, have you given it the Hargreaves out? Have you given oh, it? Oh, no, no, no. I don't think anyone's saying that yet, are they? I've seen one. I've seen one. Really? Yeah, I have. And I make no bones. I'm not going to call the the account out in or the person out in 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 person, but they 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 know that they they typed it and put it onto a social media thing. You know um, who you are, whoever you are. You know. Yeah, you are. utterly ridiculous. This is great football we're watching, and I, I honestly I couldn't I could not convert. I would hate it now if we did something stupid, sacked targets. And brought in someone who played last year's football. Mm. Even if it ended up getting a slightly better results at this stage. It's the only way I can put it. Yeah. Let's enjoy this football. Let's enjoy it. Because I think we are going to... I tweeted after the game. I feel like we're not far away from battering someone 5-0. But at the same time, it feels like we're quite far away from battering someone 5-0. Mm. 
And that's all down to the final final touch of the ball. Yeah. It just does feel and 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 it is three games in and, and this is this is me maybe trying to restore a, a bit of balance. There are a lot of similarities with last season, aren't there? Uh, particularly in front of goal, probably less so defensively. And I, I think listening to the manager talk, um, he talks about wanting to get that defensive resilience back and saying, OK, if we don't score goals, then we've got to get boring nil-nil draws. From what you're saying there, it sounds like we're not going to have too many boring games because it's going to be worth watching ne- nevertheless. But I think what he was trying to say there was, Teams where he's been successful, so got promoted out of this division with um, with Oxford, didn't he? And um, Torquay as well, I think. So um, those teams had the resilience that if they weren't scoring goals, then they were getting boring nil nil draws. And that, yeah. and that all, and the only thing there that had a resilience was the two errors to stop the cross coming in and Grant Smith coming out of his line. But those two errors still cost us a game. They did. They did. You're absolutely right. They did. Um, the different. The difference this year is people went last year and saw us fail to score and have iffy moments at the back whilst being normally fairly resolute, mm-hmm. without playing amazing football and hoping that Tom Knowles would do something magic. Am I fair? Am, am I wrong? Yeah, there? no, no, no. You're absolutely you're spot on. Spot and on. I was waiting for you to carry time, on. So many times he did do something special. Mm-hmm. And great. And we loved it. And we got to where we got to. And we dreamt and we hoped and we prayed as late as, what, February that we were thinking still playoffs? Yeah. All right, maybe January. Um, you were probably thinking still playoffs in February. Oh, halfway through March, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> so this year feels like, okay, here you go. I don't feel like we missed Tom Knowles on on uh, against Barnet. Okay. Because we had chances, chances that we should have scored from the players that are on the pitch. Okay. But I don't feel like I sat there. I, at no point in that game was I going, Christ, this needs Tom Knowles. Mm. He doesn't need Tom Knowles. Quite happy with what Charlie Wakefield's doing. Jamie Record down the left-hand side. I, where's he been all my life? Fantastic. Pearson. Perry grew into the game. Perry, I'm, 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 I want to see more of Perry. I, I fear he's going to be the one that gets sacrificed for more Pearson minutes. But I like Perry. I think he's got a lot of the sunny blue low evidence about him where when we're good, he's going to look a million quid. When we're bad, he's going to be the one that stands out and probably gets probably gets hooked at half time. Um, but we haven't even mentioned Matty Worthington, who was my man of the match by a mile. Um, yeah. We can't see who else's man of the match he was, obviously, because we've got this new voting form on them, um, on which doesn't uh, it doesn't automatically show you who's got how many <laughs> votes. So, um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to get Ian when he's when he's back from yes. around in the bargain bin in TK Maxx or whatever it is he's doing. Then, um, uh, yeah, okay. Well, we've 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 talked um, positively and balanced well, a little. Um, I think there. Let's end with. Please stick with this side. I can't remember the last time I felt like I felt like at halftime mm-hmm. of that football match. I, I'm, I'm genuinely going back years and years and years where I sat there with that bubble inside of me to say, oh my God, we're going to thrash someone. It wasn't Barnet. It all went to pot. Fine. But it just felt like there was, some, there was a bubble inside of me that just made me want to think, oh my God, we're good. And that, I, ha- I haven't felt that. I haven't felt that in I don't know how long. And it took me, it took me a while. It took me a good dose of rule two for that to come through, because I was angry. 
Thursday night. I was really angry. I was pretty much a write-off throughout much of Wednesday. We went to the beach, went to Lyme Regis Beach, and I was a complete write-off. I was in a right hump. So it's now it it has dawned on me. A double dose of uh, Rule 2 has probably done me good. This side's worth sticking with. It really, really is. And I pray more than anything that we start getting those results soon because that football, a few results, supporters going, gets that ball rolling, gets the momentum going and flowing. And Yeah, I really, really pray it that it starts on Saturday. How's that for your segue? Yeah, very good, very good. Well, let's, let's just say I, I will be going to Altrinham. I'm also planning to go to Wilston on Bank Holiday Monday. Are I'm you? planning to go to Bar, uh, to Barnet, not Barnet, Woking on the uh-huh. 10th of September as well. So, um, so yeah, I, and I, I'd say that is all down to the enthusiasm that you've in, instilled in me, but I probably would have gone anyway. So even <laughs> if I've been terrible, I probably still would have gone. So that's may, maybe just me. But yes, beautiful segue, beautiful segue. So, um, so yeah, you are obviously still quite a long way from Altrincham. I am a bit closer to Altrincham than the average Overtown supporter. Um, yeah, what are we thinking about altering them then for full-time football? We should say, by the way, that we do have a chat with Erin from Golf Road Goals we do. That, that Dave had yesterday. Um, we would normally put it in about here, wouldn't we? We would. But because of the 1930s uh, editing system I've got, we're just going to lump it on the end. And that's going to be the end of this podcast. So we'll have an altering chat, we'll do some GCQs, and then we'll bring Erin in right at the end. And uh, yeah, she talks about, obviously... Uh, Altrincham, they've gone full time this year, and and the uh, and the uh, game that we have ahead of us. So, what am I expecting, Dave? Well, Josh Thornton told me what to expect after the uh, game on uh, on Tuesday. He and I had a bit of a chinwag. Uh, we wrote some wrote some of his quotes down. You can find them on the website. And one of the things he said was it was going to be more of a football game, as they're more of a footballing side. It's not going to be quite as uh, agricultural. That's my word, not his. It's not going to be quite as, as long ball. That's his words, not mine, than uh, we faced on Tuesday night. So I hope footballing side against footballing side means hopefully a good game. Okay. Can I, can I tell you one player, and you can tell me whether I should be looking forward to him, that I'm hoping to see? Jimmy mm-hmm. Toure. I'm hoping to see some of Jimmy Toure. Now, uh, uh, against Wrexham, he sound, uh, uh, Ian and Sheridan made him sound electric. Uh, and I know we're kind of going back to Tuesday night as well. Should I be excited about seeing Jimmy Toure? I really hope so. Yeah. Um, it was really nice to look down at the team sheet and see two genuine options in Diaz and Toure. Uh-huh. Toure was maybe the quieter of the two, but he came on. It's the basic stuff. He came on and his champ was going. Yeah, when, it, when it even he hadn't even come on the pitch yet, he was getting ready. He was getting going through the flip book and, and Jimmy, 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 Tora. It was already going, and it just makes me think. Again, if we're playing this football, playing this exciting football, when he's fit and going for ninety minutes or going from the start, I would have loved him in that starting lineup against Barn if we were going to play like that. Mm-hmm. Where he fits and where he goes, I don't really know, but oh my word, I think he's going to be exciting if he's up for it. If he's fit, if he's ready, we've got a really exciting player on our hands there. And I hope we get as much out of him for as long as we can. But he hasn't kicked the ball in anger in pre-season. I don't think we're going to see the best out of him for six weeks, maybe. 
maybe that much. If he's if he's not had no preseason, preseason is four or five weeks. Yeah. But you get you get some ninety minutes in there. Yeah. You get some, you know, unless we're gonna start arranging friendlies for him or getting him in the under eighteens friendlies or whatever. He's not going to get those minutes. He's going to get half an hour, twenty minutes, ten minutes, half an hour, yeah. half an hour, and then come off. So yeah. I, I think four, five, six weeks before we see the best of him. And if what we've already seen isn't the best of him, yeah, yeah, definitely be excited about him. But maybe once you've seen the games against Wilson and Woking, will you see a little bit more of him? Yeah. Well, the manager was asked about him um, today. Is uh, he's uh, the gaffer's presser, and he said uh, Jimmy's been looking for EFL clubs and probably lost a bit of fitness, so he signed a deal for us which suits both parties. If we can get him up to speed, he's a dangerous player for us. He's not far off, but for lots of players that have been through the summer as Jimmy has, they lose fitness. He's shown glimpses of what he can do, and we have to make sure we get into fitness, full fitness, as quickly as possible. I think that's um, I think that's probably fair to say. Yeah, I think so too. And and, and you shot Lawson Diath in there as well. And yeah. um, so yeah. I, I I like the fact that we've got a bit of depth. It's not maybe as much depth as we would otherwise like. We want a bit more depth. Of course we all want more depth. Um but I like the fact that we can call on people. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And, and, and I know um, probably when you were talking and we were saying what do you want uh, when we were last together with Ian and you were saying oh, I want a 24-year-old striker, peak of his powers, all of that. I mean, Jimmy Toure is only 28. So he's, yep. he, he's certainly not um, at the end of his powers, I don't think. Um, he's got experience playing at a higher level. He's got experience playing at this level with um, as, a, as a Hartlepool player as well. I mean, potentially, he's, he's a good player. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's, he's at this level and he's not been brought in by an EFL club for a reason. If he was really at the height of his powers, um, then an EFL club would have uh, would have taken a chance on him, but they haven't. So, um, but yeah, I am I am I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I'm looking forward to seeing Malachi Linton um, again. I think I saw bits and bobs of him against um, uh, against Scunthorpe, but probably not really enough. Looking forward to seeing Pearson. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing a five at the back that doesn't crumble like um, House of Cards if cards crumble um, at um, as they did in the first half at, at, at Scunthorpe so uh, of all those things I'm looking forward to do you, do you think I've got much chance of uh, being richly rewarded for not coming that far from my house to Altrium? Yeah I, I really do I've been looking at Altrium again and the uh, the stats that I've looked at is that again they don't start particularly well Maidenhead scored against them in the 12th minute Made Stone scored against them in the 7th minute albeit via an own goal uh, 0-0 against Bromley is, is probably their best result so far and again I just hope we come out with that same intensity because that first 15-20 minutes like we did against Barnet where we had a chance within 2 minutes Pearson had a, a shot within 2-3 minutes by 7 minutes we'd had 3 genuine chances I hope we come out with that again because I think they appear to be again very small sample size, but appear to be fairly susceptible early doors, um, and that for me is I think something that we can be aiming to have a little look at. I mean, even go back to the back end of last year, we scored in the 16th minute. Go back even further, and and you've got others that have scored early against them as well. So um, Bromley did final home or final away game for them last season. So that's Keith me. If we get out at them and, yeah, get into their faces, 
Yeah, yeah I, I, exactly as you said. I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited. They're obviously only a place above us, two draws as opposed to us. But they've only scored one goal. It's, it's primed. I would love to be going in off the back of a win. Of course I would. But it's primed. The stars look fairly aligned, don't they? To get a good performance in and hopefully score a few goals. There you go. Well, anybody who's climbing on that luxury green and white supporters club bus um, at 7.45, check out our uh, side of space away travel guide to Altrincham, whatever way you're making your way there. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, it sounds like one to, um, one to look forward to. Well, uh, th- we, we, as you said, we, we, we have got some questions. Well, actually, before we go into questions, is there anything else you want to say about Altrincham? Before we've obviously got Erin coming up at the end. I don't think so. I think we're yeah. good. I, I, I am genuinely excited. If if we don't have much, if we have less of the ball, maybe as the away side, we might see a bit of a different performance. But I think against a side, newly full-time, figuring it out at this level, get at them early, go and pretend it's a home game. And if you're going, make a racket early doors, sing some songs. Yeah, I want to make a racket in that place, you know. It's a big it is, but I don't know. Bring flags, do whatever you got to do. Make make sure that we're kind of... Is that you telling me to bring the Northern Glovers flag? Which have you, I've have not, you got it somewhere? I was going to say, I'm not 100% sure where it is, but I can probably find it, yeah. You can find it, definitely bring it along. But you know what I mean? Make 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 a presence. There's not going to be many of us there. You know, there, there isn't going to be hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of us. But if you can... Make a presence, give it a big and when they come out, all the rest of it. Appreciate them. Don't just sit there and casually drink your ball for or whatever else. Give it give it a bit of a racket. Try your best. Because I think I think we can do our little bit to try and yeah, get on them early. I can promise you uh, one thing I will not be doing is drinking a bottle. <laughs> so that will definitely be that will definitely be one thing. Um well we've got a couple of questions which kind of um they don't segue into Altrincham, but they 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 do take the conversation on um a, a bit. So uh one from Peanut one nine seven six, um, which I guess is the, the year of the peanut, nineteen seventy six. Um <laughs> does Diaz when fit get into the side or is he used as just a substitute? That's a great question. That is a wonderful question. One, a question I have genuinely asked. Last myself. time you said it was a great question, you didn't answer it. I don't. I think. know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure I'm going to answer this one either. I don't know about you, Dave. What you saw at Scunthorpe, but that Scunthorpe game was crying out for Lawson Diaz. Yeah. Um, I felt there was a point yesterday where I wanted Lawson Diaz, but I don't think it was the start of the game. So for now, I'm happy him being a minute managed impact sub. But there will be games. There will be games. I'm thinking about nasty games uh, against quality sides. Knox Counties, Chesterfields, good teams, big backings, where you're going into an away cauldron where you think, yeah, we need someone just to control things there. That's where I'd start him. Game on Saturday, probably not, even if he was fully fit, because I'd rather have him absolute class for 25, 30 minutes than being classed for the first half and dropping off and dropping off and dropping off and becoming less effective. So, not yet. So, no. As a, it, it, I, At the moment, I'm... Oh. Have you lost me? Ah, right. I was going to say, I don't know if it was just me, and I won't know this until I listen to it back, but uh, <laughs> you went a little bit uh, a little bit crackly then, but I'm guessing you concluded by saying that at the moment you wouldn't start with Lawson Diaz, you'd have him as coming as a sub, correct? Correct. Impact sub. And if you heard the rambling before, you'll know why. 
No, I heard that. I heard the rambling. It was just as you got to that that conclusion. Uh, but it could have been my end. We'll find out when we when we listen back. Well, I, I'd say that if Lawson Diaz is fit, Lawson Diaz should be in the team. But I do understand your logic as well there. So um, yeah, let's go with that. Um, so the other one from our friend Robin Batchelor, who was at a Gateshead game uh, in the week. I think they played Notts County. Um, uh, he was. He was. Pardon. Stop being mean to our questioners. I'm not, I'm not being mean to him. I'm, he, he messaged me to send him, and I was just going to say he showed what a, um, a dyed-in-wool Yeovil Town fan was because he was rocking the Paulus Benara um, in um, the whatever Olympic I, Stadium or whatever they call it in International Athletic Stadium, wherever it is they play at Gateshead. And nice. um, yeah, so so yeah, kudos kudos to Robin. I was being nice to him. Ben. Like I say, he's taller than me. I've got to be careful what I say for when I do finally meet him. So, Robin asked, what is Matty Worthington's best role in this midfield? In Scunthorpe, um, in the Scunthorpe match, he was quite playing quite advanced and seemed good on set pieces, but he's only ever scored four goals for us. Sorry, I'm just finishing off the slides of pizza. Oh, right. Okay. I, 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 I think this current role for Matty Worthington is his best, and that, that role we saw at Scunthorpe and, and, and we saw at the start of the Barnet game, mm-hmm. getting bored, Get him beyond Alex Fisher. Get him into those areas to latch onto crosses, to get involved in, in in set pieces. I agree, his goal scoring return isn't good enough, and that's absolutely fine. But I think this different role, he should be setting a target of doubling his goal tally for us this season in one go. I, I and I, I truly think that I want him forward because I like his tenacity. He's no longer just snapping at the heels of their attackers trying to break things up. He's snapping at the heels of their centre-backs trying to nick the ball off them on the edge of the penalty area. This is the best Matty Worthington I've seen. And I've not seen, you know, I've seen 90 minutes and 20-odd minutes of us playing well at Scunthorpe. And this is the most I'm enjoying seeing Matty Worthington. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think um, we said at the start of last season, I think Carl Dickinson said when he left that last yeah, season right. was a season for Matt Worthington, wasn't it? But I do wonder when you see him like... I did see him in as much as you saw anybody um, against uh, against Scunthorpe. Uh, he, he, I don't think he could have done that in a Darren Sarl team. Um, and the player that he was in that team was probably the player that he was able to be. Whereas yeah. this formation, and I'm basing this on highlights of the last two games I've seen and what I saw of him against Scunthorpe. I think um, in this he's got he's got the potential to um, to to be a more forward thinking player, isn't he? So I, I certainly like to see more of him there. Probably a bit early to for me to judge because I've only seen one game um, for uh, him as to what his best role is. But I'd certainly like to see a lot more of him in advanced um, positions. Okay. Um, So Mike Hudson. Oh, this is quite a long question. So opportunity to get more pizza down your gullet there. Um, Playing some good football. There you go. Agrees with you. But lacking a killer edge in front of goal. Do you think we have sufficient goals in the squad as it is and is it just a case of time and patience? Or do you think we need to bring a goal scorer in? If that's the case, do you think Chris Hargreaves has the resources to do so? Wow. Quite literally the million pound question that will probably determine whether or not we are wow. a player. I think 2.35 million we sold the uh, ground for, didn't we? So, should I be more the 2.35 million pound question then. Um, and we'll probably decide whether or not we're a playoff team or not. That's how much of an important question it is. Um, we are playing good football now. We do lack a killer edge in front of goal. Can they step up? I think we all agree Malachi Linton has got 
the ability to score goals. I want to see if we can get some goals out of Worthington, Perry, Diaz, Wakefield. Records obviously chipped in already with a couple. Um, Fisher needs to make sure he's he's keeping his tally ticking over as well. I'm not expecting as many from him as I am from from Linton. And then I think you're not going to judge him on scoring goals. Um, moving on, and then I think uh, Jimmy Torre, he's got a goal scoring presence to pay. You don't put the number 10 on someone's back and say, Don't worry about it if you don't score any goals. Yeah, you you expect them to score goals. And then the big one is, Can we get goals from the back? Mm-hmm. Can we get Hunt? Can we get Staunton? Can we get Richards Everton? Can we get Morgan Williams on the end of some crosses of some set pieces and add? 10, 15 between them, 12 goals between them, three each, four each, something like that. And suddenly you're, you're picking up the numbers quite nicely there. So I think there is the potential that the goals are already in the squad. I'm not sure we've got the resources to go out and get someone else. I think we're done, unless it's a kid on loan for free. I don't think we're going out and getting another strike. I mean, can you see us really going out and making a statement now of, oh, we've gone out and spent five, oh, ten Well, so, yeah, so, so maybe not spending money because I don't think um, we have a, a, an owner who's willing to put that money into the playing uh, team. Or uh, I don't think the board, I should say, were, um, are willing to put that money into the into the playing team. I think there'll be other things that they'll, um, oh, in some ways, hope that they are looking at off the field things to put 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 money into. Um, and I don't think there's enough to go around to do both. But what I do think as well is in the same way, probably if we'd have said Jimmy Toure at the point, you know, the day before he signed, we probably wouldn't have thought that player because I think if you'd have said that to me, I would have thought, was he not still in the football league? Surely he's got, he's got that. that'll be a football league team that will find him. Um, and I wonder whether there's others like that out there. Uh, that that we said at the at the start of the season that there would be players who are in football league um, squads who weren't getting game time, and they and those players would come in. So I wonder. I asked it. I wouldn't say it would necessarily be a statement signing. I do think there is still the the possibility of getting in players that you think you know that haven't found something somewhere else. Yeah, and there will come a point at the end of the the transfer window. I know we're a few a couple of weeks away when players at championship level go, hang on a minute, boss, are you telling me I'm not your first choice? Can I go to a League One side? And then the League One team goes, yeah, of course you can come on in now. And then suddenly their third choice striker is going, oh, cheers then. Thanks, I'm off. And there will be a trickle-down effect. Whether or not that ever comes close to us, I have no idea. But there will be players, funnily enough, we've had conversations with people who have said, what about John Beacon? Well, he's barely kicking a ball for, for Morecambe. And, you know, there might come a point if Morecambe go and sign someone a young hot starlet from the top of the championship, but John Awika goes, Well, that's me done, isn't it? I'll go, I'll go somewhere. And then it's a question of are we in those sorts of conversations? We're not necessarily saying him, but there will be that caliber of player that's kind of a nearly man that will play a lot of JPT stuff that goes, I don't want to do this, and will offer to rip their contract up or offer to go out on loan somewhere and we can drop a couple of our kids on loan and bring in those. So there is that possibility, but I think in terms of signing players that are of you know, that are our own, I think I, I think we're probably done. Um, I'd love to be wrong, but I think we're done. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's um we're 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 getting on for an hour in. 
your internet connection is a little bit ropey, I think. Um, there has to be some kind of, you've probably got some sticky back plastic and something somewhere where you're going to try and um, tape this uh, recording together. And we've still got to get Erin in. So are we okay to uh, to call it a day there? Cut to Erin and then we'll come back on Sunday morning for Monday morning and talk about what did what we did see at Ultram. How about that? That's a great idea. Thank you ever so much for for sticking with us if you have if there are audio issues or whether or not i cut out or whether or not this podcast even exists come <laughs> monday morning i uh, come friday morning sorry then a huge thank you as always normal service will be resumed just as soon as i can figure out how to work adobe Hello and welcome. This is Dave and I am joined this evening by Erin from Golf Road Goals um, and Altrincham FC fan. So Erin, uh, firstly, thank you and welcome back to the Glovers cast. Thank you very much for having me. No problem at all. Uh, it doesn't seem like five minutes ago since Altrincham and uh, Yeovil were last locking horns on the final day of, of last season. But I think it's probably fair to say we got the sense when we were up there that there was a lot about to change altering and we're going full time and um, a lot of players coming in and, and a lot of players going out as well. So what, what's happened since uh, the last time we met on that final game? So since the final game, obviously the club's gone full time, which is a massive step in our history. So we've got our first full time squad training structure. And then, if I remember correctly, it was a lot of players' last games on that final day. So, obviously, we lost a number of quality players from the side, including Tony Thompson, Connor Hampson, Josh Hancock, who had been our top scorer for the last few seasons. We lost Dan Mooney as well to Southend. We lost a number of decent players due to the full-time status of the club. Obviously, they couldn't commit to it because of jobs elsewhere. And... Yeah, that's just changed. We've obviously brought in a lot of a number of good players from higher league standards, such as Ollie Byrne from the Welsh Premier League. He's kept the most clean sheets for Connors Key last season. He's a very good signing. We've also brought in Ross Barrows from Kings Lynn, Liam Brockbank, AD Roxburgh. We've brought in a number of players and obviously going full time, that's really what's changed since the last game of the season. Yeah, it's strange, isn't it? Because whenever you think of um, being a footballer, everybody's dream is to be a professional footballer as a full-time job. But I suppose that the the, the guys who, who who left at the end of last season, their jobs, uh, you know, are, are obviously their 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 careers. And football is not a pastime for them, but you know, they they prefer part-time part-time status. But uh, and 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 I guess the, the the same works the other way. And as much as you've got these players who I'm guessing some of them would have come from, I'd imagine Connors Key and Kings Lynn would have been part-time and they're coming into full-time football as well. Is that right? Yeah, I think Ross Barrow's coming in from Kings Lynn. If I remember correctly, Kings Lynn, I think, are part-time. Right. Uh, I think the Welsh League is a full-time league. Okay. It's a professional league. Ollie Byrne was regarded as the best keeper in Wales last season. He's kept the most clean sheets for Connors Key Nomad. And if I remember reading, I think it was about 17 or 18 clean sheets wow. he kept last season. So I think the lads that left, obviously, the jobs were too good to sort of leave. You don't want to leave your job, obviously. In football's sort of like everyone, most people's dream is to become a professional footballer. And obviously, if that doesn't work out and part-time is the way to go, 
then I think that that would have worked better for them because obviously their jobs would have been too good to have just left because anything can happen in football. Things can just change in an instant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you got to be got to got to think about beyond the next even like ten years or so, haven't you? To what what you're going to do when when you stop playing football, I suppose. So yeah, I guess it it makes a lot of sense. And 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 a season started. I think it's probably fair to say, although you're a, you're a point up on us. Um, I know not. Can't really read a great deal out of um, the first three matches of the season, but two draws and a, and a defeat. Is that right for in your first three games? Yeah, we drew one all on the opening day of the season to Maidstone. Chris Con Clark scored the equaliser just before half time. We played we played fairly well in the second half when the, both teams came back out. We had a number of chances, just unfortunately just couldn't take them on the day. Obviously, that's the way that football goes sometimes. I mean, we had another draw the game after. And then last night we played, well, we had a draw against a strong Bromley side who obviously won the FA Trophy last season. Yeah, I mean, that's that's quite a good result when you think about it, away from home as well, um, against, like I say, a a decent Bromley side. Yeah, I think that was a really good result for the lads because obviously Bromley are a very strong team. They won the FA Trophy last season. They were at the bottom end of the playoffs as well. Mm. And then we had a, our first defeat to May, Maidenhead last night, a 2-0 defeat. We had to sign an, we signed Dermot Me a couple of hours before the game on loan. And it's a goalkeeper, is that right? Dermot Me, you say he was a goalkeeper, is that right? Yeah, Dermot May plays for Manchester United under 23s and we signed him on loan. Right. Uh, and is that something happened to the goalkeeper that you, you, you mentioned that you'd um, you brought in? Had he, uh, was he unable to play? Uh, yeah, he was unavailable, unavailable to play last night and then Matt Gold got injured against Bromley. He came out to punch across clear and collided with a Bromley defender. And I think he's under concussion protocol for the next six weeks. All right. Okay. So, so it will be this um, young lad from Man United who, who would expect to be in goal on Saturday against Yeovil then? No, I would, I would think so. However, if Ollie Burns available to play, then it, I think it will be Burn that will be number one choice should he be available to play. Yeah. Yeah. What's his situation then, Burn? Is he, is he played this season or is he, he not, not, not played yet? He played the pre-season games and then I think there was just a bit of trouble with the registration. That's what it said on the club website yesterday. There was trouble with his registration from the Welsh FA. Okay, okay. And and, and in terms of the other players that you've um, you, you've brought in, I remember Jordan Hume being one that quite a lot of people were um, excited about when when he joined. I think he'd been with you previously, hadn't he, and done, um, done well. How has he uh, found his way back in? He's established himself as the striker at the top. He's the current captain of the club now. Obviously, we took him back on loan last season. He joined Fylde in the 2020-21 season on the eve, the night before that the Vanarama National League was meant to start. He joined Fylde just after we were promoted. It didn't work out for him there. He came back to us on loan, scored a few goals, and his contract was up at Fylde anyway at the end of the season. So we we took him back permanently. He's become captain and he's doing really well up top, up top at the moment. He's not scored yet, but he's, I, feel, I have a feeling he's going to bang a few goals in this season. All right. Well, I hope that's not this weekend then for our sakes anyway, that he finds his, he finds his form. But there's, there, there, there also seems to be, I mean, looking through the um, uh, the squad that, or the team that you, you put out against um, against Maidenhead in, in, in the week, there seems to be a few... 
familiar names there. Um, uh, Ryan Colclough is one that I, I always stands out for me when um, he played against us. And um, Ben Pringle as well. I think he's um, uh, a sort of experienced there, isn't he? He's played a lot in the in the football league. So you've got um, a few experienced players in there as well as, as some younger ones. Squad, like you say, Ben Pringle, Jordan Hume, Ryan Colclough. We've had a number of football league players in our squads. And then obviously with the departures of a number of players last season, we brought in some younger players like A.D. Roxburgh, uh, Liam Brockbank coming in from the Northern Premier League sides, highly regarded prospects there, bringing what would be probably their first full-time football contract. And they slotted into the team really well, actually, with the balance of experienced players and younger players. And we've obviously had a few academy graduates in the team recently who've been doing really well and showing what they're made of when they come on. Fantastic. So uh, I, I guess just to finish, obviously looking ahead to the um, to the to the weekend, what are you what are you expecting, and and what can you all expect when they turn up at um, at Old Trinity on Saturday? Well, I'm hoping that Oxfam are going to find the form this weekend, pick up a win. And but I think Yeovil can expect a strong side with experienced players and younger players in the side. Obviously, we've got proven goal scorers like Chris Con Clark, who's on loan from Fleetwood, Jordan Hume, Ryan Colclough. We've also signed Alexander Samizadeh as well, a proven striker. He scored a hat trick on his debut for I think it was Leatherhead a couple of seasons ago. And he was he was really impressive when he came on and when he was on trial at Altrincham. So I think you'll just have to expect a side that's quick, fast and really good tempo of play and just a side that's not afraid to put a challenge in and not afraid to shoot from wherever. Right. OK, we might have to watch out for that one then. I think our uh, uh, we, we had a few defensive laps in, lapses in the week against um, against Barnet on Tuesday night and struggled in front of gold as well. So, uh, yeah, that sounds a, that sounds a little bit worried, but we'll um we'll we'll see. So just one last question then, Aaron. I mean, full full time status now um for for Oldfield. I mean, what would be a good a good season for for Oldfield? I mean, your first season in in full time, because you're probably fair to say that being a part time team, you've punched above your weight for a number of years now. Are people expecting you this season to go that level above and maybe be you know making a push towards the playoffs? I mean, yeah, obviously we were really, we were overachieving as a part-time side. And obviously, as Phil Parkinson said, there's only so long that you can overachieve for. And we obviously going full-time at the back end of last season. I think what I'd be happy with, maybe top 10, just just in the top sort of 12 or so, maybe towards the bottom end of the playoffs. However, I don't want to sound too too ahead of myself, obviously, because it's the early stages of the season. I'm thinking maybe potentially top 10 or top maybe 13, so maybe about 11th or 12th. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with some of that myself. I think uh, for Yeovil, it's uh, if we could, uh, if we could get a top half finish, um, I think we'd probably be quite happy with that as well. But, well, that's brilliant. Well, Erin, once again, thank you um, for, for joining us. Um, and just looking at the picture this year, I think it's towards the end of January that um, uh, we get Altrincham down at Ayoval. So hopefully we can get you back on then and um, yeah, catch you up in kind of a mid-season update and see how we're both getting on then. I think I think you play us on the 21st of January, which is my birthday. Oh, is it really? Right. Okay. So is that going to be your, on my birthday. Is that your birthday present? You're going to make a trip down to Yeovil? I tell you, it's a long way in a coach, I have to say. <laughs> Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. 
<laughs> there you go. Well, that's it, folks. Erin hopes that she's going to get a coach trip to Yeovil and back on her birthday. So, uh, yeah, no, we'll, we'll um, let, let, let us know if you make it, Erin. We'll get a uh, we'll get a shout out for you on the family. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Brilliant. Thanks again for joining us. And um, yeah, I'd say best of luck on Saturday. I wouldn't really mean it, but uh, hopefully a good game. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Best of luck for Saturday. Thanks a lot. Cheers. You are listening to Three Valleys Radio. And with a quick turn, skipper Alex Dock slams it in. There's Lindergaard making Morris back pedal. Davis looking to help it into the path of Morris. He's found it by the deflection. It's Aaron Davis. He could win it. He probably has won it for Yeovil. Oh, and it's an opening goal. What a start. Stansfield, good turn away from Trott, goal! deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.